Today, we're gonna to be interviewing Richard DeLong, who is the owner and founder of NutriFreeze, as well as two other companies, Botanique Preservation, freeze-drying flowers, as well as CannaFreeze, which is freeze-drying cannabis and hemp. Now, we're gonna be interviewing him and talking about his different freeze dryers, his whole background. is really, really interesting, just given he's had over 30 years experience doing this. Now, let's go ahead and get to the interview and see what NutriFreeze Botanique Preservation, and Canafreeze is all about. Rich, without further ado, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us about your company and your background. I'm Rich DeLong. I started um, a freeze-drying business in 1988 in Iowa. I purchased a bowling alley that had several businesses in it uh, that had uh, one after another gone bankrupt. And uh, so um, I purchased it on April 1st of 1988. And when we moved that business to Arizona, we actually incorporated it here in Arizona also on April 1st. Not exactly sure what that really means. Um, but we were really the first company in the United States to freeze dry flowers on a really large scale for distribution to florists, craftspeople, interior decorators, and in Iowa, we were running 10 large freeze dryers, freeze drying about 960,000 roses a year and a hundred wow. other types of items. And um, we had um, some pretty tough winters back there. And uh, my wife uh, at the time um, uh, came into my office one morning and she said, uh, I'm moving to the Sun Belt. You can either come or stay. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about this over lunch. And so um, she had a sister and brother in Phoenix, and it really made sense for us to move to a really nice dry climate since we're in the freeze-dried flower business. And you want to keep everything really dry after it's freeze-dried. And so we moved here in 94. The parent company that we have is Botanique Preservation Equipment Incorporated. That has not changed, but we also have added a couple of trade names, Canafreeze and Nutrafreeze, a Nutra with an I, Nutrafreeze. And in the cannabis industry and hemp industries, we have eight models of machines. And in the food industry, Nutrafreeze, again, we have eight models of machines. First company, Botanique Preservation, mm -hmm. um, that company has always um, concentrated their efforts in um, freeze-drying flowers. And over the course of 30 years, I ran 325 training classes for people from around the world and basically trained the entire industry. Um, we still uh, have uh, a botanique uh, distributing equipment into the florist industry and we have three models of machines that we distribute into the florist industry. I have yeah. a young man that actually takes care of uh, uh, marketing, sales, training, takes care of all of that for me so that I can concentrate on canafreeze and nutrifreeze at this time. Oh, awesome. Now, let me let me just kind of ask you some questions about this uh, botanique sure. uh, line. So uh, for those who aren't familiar with freeze drying flowers, you know, has that been around in, in terms of people using it as a business? Like how long has it been around and, and what are some of the advantages for freeze drying flowers too? 
Most of the people that are involved in freeze-drying flowers are actually freeze-drying what we would consider memory flowers, bridal bouquets, uh, sympathy flowers, maybe anniversary flowers. Okay. Really and truly predominantly wedding flowers that go into shadow boxes or bubble frames. You know, it's like any industry. If you ask, is it profitable? It's, it really depends on how you run the business. Um, I, uh, in the past, I've sold freeze dryers to people who really did nothing. And, uh, and then we've sold freeze dryers to people who even on a part-time basis crank out 100,000 plus gross a year. Holy so, cow. Yeah. So if someone came to me and said, can you guarantee me that I'll be profitable in the freestyle flower business? I would say, no, that's up to you. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's all on you. <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's something I actually did a video. Um, and for those who haven't watched that video, I did a the truth video. I just said, is is it can you make money with a freeze dryer? And I said, yes, you can. Um, and I showed some calculations. If you haven't watched the video for those who are watching but I showed some calculations of just, you know, here's your cost of goods sold. And then here's what you're kind of left over with. But the rest of it is really indicative of how you're going to run your business. You know, how are you going to pay yourself? Are you going to pay yourself? Are you going to, uh, how are you going to calculate your power? Uh, power is different. Electricity is different for everybody. You know, what type of packaging are you going to do? So profit, you know, when people say, is it a profitable business? I think it is, but I've, I've worked three years to make sure that it is and it's sustainable for a side hustle like I do while having a full-time job. And so, uh, yeah. It, and I just like asking if, it, if it's profitable, it, it seems like it is. It uh, now, yeah, it can be. And uh, it just depends on how uh, you dedicate yourself to understanding the business and where you can make better margins uh, by, you know, uh, common things that you would need to know with running a business. So that's awesome. Uh, I have one client that uh, at one time offered over 600 choices in the way of bubble frames, shadow boxes, glass domes, glass boxes. He um, has narrowed it down to two sizes of shadow boxes and he's making money now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I Sometimes it's just keep it simple. <laughs> yep. I, I talk about that too. You know, I say that uh, one of the things that can really help you understand the business is, yes, there's a lot of things to freeze dry with food at, and fruit and vegetables and even some ice cream, as well as these candies that are very trendy. But, you know, you know, sometimes less is more and you can have a lot of skews. Well, a lot of different candies means you have to package all of those. You have to have different labels for all those. You have to have storage for all those. You have to have time in your freeze dryer to do those. And if you have any, you know, decent lead time from people buying it from you, you know, you want to deliver on time and when they want it. And I just think less is more sometimes and just really knowing how to do something very well and then starting to build up the product line. So, wow, 600 types of flower cases and just down to two now, huh? Yeah, That's down to two. Oh, and now he's, making really, now he's making really good money because he just totally streamlined his business. Yeah. And I can see, you know, and, uh, you know, I can see that too with, preservation of, you know, you know, flowers that are more, you know, uh, sentimental because, uh, my wife did that for her wedding dress, you know, it was preserved with a, uh, free, uh, a dry cleaning place preserved very well. And it's in a box and it's, you know, basically stored for decades if she wants to. And we don't have any daughters, unfortunately, 
uh, we've got two boys, but you know, if, if we did, you know, maybe she wanted to pass that down or whatever, but preserving that is something that not, it's not for everybody, but it is for some people who want that sentimental side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so talk about the other line, uh, you said cannabis and hemp. And, uh, I actually researched this a couple of years ago when I was starting out, I kind of saw your website a little bit. Tell me about that, that particular line and, and what, what kind of things have you done that's made this kind of a accelerating kind of growth opportunity? Well, you know, we had, um, a tremendous amount of experience, free strain botanicals before we decided to enter the cannabis industry with freeze dryers. Um, at the same time, we um, didn't know everything about cannabis. And in fact, um, even today, there's more and more information coming out about the chemical makeup of cannabis and what those chemicals are capable of doing, for instance, in the medical industry. Um, but right away, we found that people wanted to preserve uh, terpenes, uh, fragrances, and some of these terpenes are really, really um, volatile. Um, so, what do you mean we, by that? What's what do you mean by volatile? Uh, so, so in the cannabis industry, you really have to control time, temperature, and vacuum. Um, most of the freeze dryers, uh, in fact, maybe all of the freeze dryers that are sold, uh, for instance, by Harvest Right, because you're using Harvest Right uh, equipment, um, th they don't have vacuum controls on them. And if you don't have a vacuum control kit installed on a freeze dryer, um, you wouldn't be able to use it successfully in the cannabis industry because everything that you're trying to save in the way of uh, um, taste and fragrance is just going to get um, vaporized off and you're going to end up at the end of the load with um, grass and you might as well just go out in your yard and you know pick up a, a handful of grass out of your yard because all the good stuff is going to be vaporized off so we never go above 70 degrees in fact we stay under 70 degrees when we're freeze drying cannabis or hemp and we also uh, don't use really deep vacuums we actually don't, um, you know, publish what we're doing because over the last several years, we've developed um, algorithms for running cannabis and hemp um, that uh, make our clients very successful. And um, and it's taken a lot of work, a lot of effort to develop the algorithm. So for we sure. just, just publish them. But we do share them with uh, clients that purchase equipment from us. And the majority of the equipment that we sell into the cannabis industry, in fact, all the machines except for two small machines, all have computers on them. And um, when we go out um, on site to commission a machine, I not only train at least two people from their business, but I also key in algorithms for them to go ahead and run their, um, their equipment. Now wow. they can they can change those algorithms if they want to, and with a Cat Five data cable, um, they can communicate with me directly in my office or with the factory that builds to my specifications. Could you share a little bit about you know what's the difference between because with hemp and uh, cannabis you do dry it uh, right. for for sale, but what's the difference between freeze drying it and 
and just having it more dried like it's available now at a dispensary, things like that? Well, the majority of the product in the United States, I'm going to say 99.9% or more of the product in the United States is still um, simply air dried by hanging it in a room where they're controlling uh, temperature and humidity. And it's air dried for anywhere from 10 to 30 days, really depends on a lot of different factors. Um, And sometimes one of the factors, of course, is the size of the product. And and, uh, so while it's hanging there, um, if you walk into one of those drying rooms, why the fragrance just about knocks you over. And why is that? That's because the terpenes that cause that fragrance are actually deteriorating and they're actually vaporizing off. Hmm. And um, so one of the th- one of the reasons that people hang their product for so long is because they're trying to get rid of the grassy taste, the chlorophyll out of the product. And what happens is the enzymes that break down the chlorophyll are actually deteriorating as the product is hanging there. And so it takes a really long time sometimes for that grassy taste to go away. Hmm. When we freeze dry the product, we're now freeze drying a product in 24 to 36 hours and sometimes even less. Um, And during the freeze drying process, the enzymes that break down the chlorophyll remain 100% viable. And at the end of the drying cycle, when that product is unloaded into an oxygen-rich atmosphere, the enzymes go to town. And within a matter of just a few hours, the grassy taste is totally gone. We've wow. unloaded loads of product. And an hour later, uh, people who uh, are very knowledgeable about the cannabis industry are smoking the product and there's no grassy taste. Product doesn't shrink, has great color, no browning, no yellowing, um, smokes super smooth, no grassy taste. Um, what more could you ask for? Pro- there's no shrinkage, product looks fresh. And, and people talk about the fragrance, for instance, and the fragrance is not a decaying fragrance where it's been hanging for 10 to 30 days. It's not that decaying fragrance. So when you're smoking it, it's a live resin fragrance. It's the same fragrance as the live plant growing in the facility. Very interesting. Yeah, I personally don't smoke, but uh, but I can see how what you're describing would make a very fresh product versus, you know, that long drying period kind of maybe just kind of removes that fresh type of uh, activity that you might want uh, and that probably the taste and the smell and just the overall experience is way different. Rich, what would you say like is has been the growth in this type of particular industry, not necessarily your sales per se, but just how many people are getting into this because you have the the type of freeze dryer for this. You know, how many people would you say are doing this right now? Is it something that is uh, barely even tapped into or is it maturing? It's still a real minority the businesses. A lot of people think that they're doing everything absolutely perfectly and um, and they don't want to change. And the people that are actually doing the work um, of growing the product, post-treating, post, uh, post-harvesting the product, and all of the people that are really doing the labor um, feel that their product is perfect. 
and they don't necessarily want to change. But the people that own the, the premises sometimes, the actual investors are interested in automating. They have to automate. They absolutely have to automate. Um, when you're actually shipping over 20 tons of finished product a year, you can't be hand trimming that product. You can't be hanging it in these massive growing rooms. Um, all of your profits are just getting eaten up. We recommend cryo trimming, which is very fast, using uh, using carbon dioxide, and, and basically just flash freezing the little sugar leaves and tumbling the product gently mm. for a minute, and it looks almost hand trimmed, almost. Just a tiny bit of work and it's done. Um, cryo trim it can go directly into bags and in a freezer. When the freeze dryer is available, move it into the freeze dryer and it really automates everything. That's great. Yeah. So the business has taken off. How many people would you say are doing this right now? Is, is that something that you can reveal it, to us? Well, I don't know what my competition is doing, but I'm, I'm going to say that we're still uh, way over 90% of the product is being air dried. A yeah. lot of opportunity and we're tapping into that on a daily basis. Uh, where can people find out more about the cannabis uh, hemp particular machine? What's the name of the company? You can view our website at cannafreeze.net. Okay. Cannafreeze.net. It's actually right behind Rich right there on that banner. So cannafreeze. Yeah, so yes. <laughs> I'm not sure what we're hiding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Well, I think we could probably do a whole segment on on each one of yours, uh, but let's maybe get to the Nutrafreeze. You know, a lot of us who have been in the buying some Harvest Right freeze dryers, you know, Harvest Right is definitely the name out there right now. Just they are really cranking out a lot of machines, but there is a lot of competition coming in. I personally purchased recently the Stay Fresh freeze dryer. It's got some new technology of drying and sensors and things like that. Uh, but it's it's definitely taking off. A lot of people freeze drying candy, a lot of people doing cottage food type style, type of side businesses or even full time. And even people are getting much larger operations. Um, and so I wanted to ask you, you know, tell us about Nutrafreeze and okay. specifically maybe, you know, what is the difference in what sets you apart in terms of what your freeze dryers have to offer versus what is very accessible on the home the home freeze dryer side like harvest rate? Well, we just placed a couple of units with people who had multiple harvest rates. Really and truly, there's there's kind of a point at which if your business is, is truly taking off and growing, uh, you could end up with 10 harvest rates or 16 harvest rates. Yes. And that really means is you have 16 vacuum pumps to think about and 16 sets of electronic controls to think about. <laughs> and, and so you have... Uh, a lot of things that can fail, really a lot of things that could fail. Um, we really believe that there's three kinds of freeze dryers out there. There's freeze dryers that are manufactured for home use. And in your particular case, it's being used for a small business. Um, and then there's commercial freeze dryers, and then there's industrial, and we're industrial. At this moment in time, everything we sell is industrial. And I know you've looked at our websites and one of our machines that's fairly small is $50,000. And why is that? Why is it not $5,000? And it's because it's super industrial. It's meant to be used 
365. We've been placing freeze dryers now in the cannabis and food industry since uh, 2019, industrial freeze dryer since 2019. And we've had one issue where we had to send a tech out. Only wow. one. Wow. That's impressive <laughs> because uh, uh, as many people who are probably watching this or will watch it in the future, uh, that is definitely something that's happening. The, the issues with the vacuum pumps and the mechanical parts of the harvest right is definitely something that's deterring people, but also it's just uh, something that we're all, if we have harvest rights like me, we're kind of just dealing with it. Sometimes we get lucky and the machine is running very smoothly and there's very minimal types of fixes to be done. Uh, but other people have had a very common. And I, I draw it back to more of like a company that really has blown up uh, exponentially in a very quick amount of years. And the quality control just isn't what they're able to manage for how many they're trying to get out into the consumer space. And, and so I, I just recognize that that's a company like Harvest Right, who is very quickly uh, developing products and just pushing them out the door. And the quality control has been impacted by that type of speed. And so the mechanical parts and things like that just isn't what it probably was when they first started where, you know, they could definitely make sure every single one was going out right. Um, and so I think that's where competition comes in and now you have choices and things like that. So it's nice to hear that you have a very, uh, very low rate of mechanical issues. I have a company in Europe that builds everything to my specs and, um, the owner of that company many years ago, um, came to the conclusion that it's way better to overbuild and have zero issues in the field than it is to try to cut corners and, and try to you know compete with everybody on price and then have issues in the field. And so our warranty issues are nil. Yeah, um, and what it, what is your warranty on a freeze dryer machine? One, it's one year parts and labor. Um, but the other thing is we never run and hide. You know, I'm here and I take calls all day long. I'm working I'm working with people that have been clients of mine in the floral industry for well over 20 years. And um, so we always do our very best to make sure that people are successful and that they don't have issues. Okay. Um, there's always going to be issues if you have a machine for 20 plus years. There's going to yeah. be issues. But yeah. we, try to, we try to help people work through those. Now, uh NSF is kind of a standard for, you know, stainless steel, like commercial grade industrial type of equipment is, is your equipment like uh, certified in that type of sense where that type of NSF type of certification is, is good for FDA. Like if someone very, very few of my audience right now, as it stands is probably in that space, but it's probably good to know um, in terms of the FDA wanting that type of type of equipment in your kitchen so everything that a product can touch the specimen chamber the shelving the trays is all 304 stainless steel food grade stainless steel now if someone is going to do something that we know is medical and we and we talk about this right up front with everybody if you're doing something that's actually medical grade then the trays that we provide are 316 stainless. So they're pharmaceutical grade. Hmm. We don't even charge extra for it. We just take care of it. Um, 
One of the reasons that um, our equipment is more expensive is with most of the home freeze dryers that are out there. In fact, I think everything, and we, we research continually, we research. Um, and there's a half dozen companies that are coming online right now to compete with Harvest Right. Um, because they they see that market and it's a really big market and um, and so there's um, at least six companies that we're aware of that are coming online within the next few months that are going to compete with Harvest Strike. We're not going to be in that market with industrial freeze dryers. Um, they're using um, electric heating pads to set the trays on. And what we're doing is we're using uh, stainless steel shelves that are welded in place that have hollow grooves in them. And we're forcing liquid silicone through those hollow shelves at a very high velocity so that we have less than one degree C difference in temperature anywhere on the shelf. Hmm. Wow. It costs a lot of money. It's a lot. It's yeah. Between. Between, you know, building that and putting a heating pad in place, it's a big difference, a huge difference. Um, what? What? And t- t- sorry, to, sorry to. I, w- I would like you to expand on that because it actually drew from a question I had prepared for you, which is, okay. you know, is there kind of a standard for for the drying process within freeze drying in your experience? Because People who own a freeze dryer like me, who just are getting into it three years ago, who own a freeze dryer like Harvest Right, you know, we're just, you know, there's a lot of like myths and kind of uh, perceptions out there in terms of if the freeze drying process is, if, if there's a standard for freeze drying, or are we just supposed to press start and let the Harvest Right freeze dryer run? And as long as it has low moisture content with a moisture meter, or if it seems dry through some testing, they don't like it's good to go. Is there kind of a standard and like, is, is your method the, the right way? You know, how do you, how do we know that? Well, there's actually machines that are more sophisticated than what we sell. Um, in the pharmaceutical industry, um, there are companies that, um, you know, have been out there since um, the 1960s, and they've developed incredibly sophisticated pieces of equipment. Um, in the pharmaceutical in- industry, for instance, um, it's extremely necessary to process um, using recipes that are tried and true and you can't deviate from it, or it might destroy an entire load of medicine, for instance. Um, The company that that builds for us also builds pharmaceutical. One of the, and, and a lot of that really sophisticated technology um, isn't being used down the chain, for instance, necessarily in food or floral or taxidermy or in other industries, because it's not necessary and it's really expensive. And so um, um, people do ask, um, is there something that's more sophisticated? Or are people developing newer techniques and, you know, for freeze drying? It's, yes. all, it's all been developed. Believe me, it's all developed. It's just costly. And so you don't see it in a harvest, right? You don't see it in a, a harvest, right? 
anywhere close to the technology that's in a pharmaceutical machine. And okay. it's because of cost. Yeah. So when it comes to food, when it comes to Nutrifreeze, right. you know, um, your industrial type grade of a freeze dryer. Sure. Um, now I noticed that you have kind of the same capacity as a large harvest right freeze dryer. And I know that I can do 12 to 14 pounds of a product in about 36 hours, sometimes longer, depending on the heat in the area that I'm in. Um, and yours is about the same, maybe 24 to 36 hours is what you say. Um, so for someone who would want to look into your freeze dryers, what are those things that they need to check off in their business to say, I need to pursue these type of freeze dryers that are more costly? Uh, you are significantly higher than Harvest Dry, but what what type of boxes does someone need to check to say, Nutrifreeze is the type of freeze dryer I need to start looking at? Okay. The two smaller freeze dryers that we have um, are really... Uh, designed to go into research labs uh, for a company that's um, involved in the food industry and they need a research unit for a whole new line of product that they're developing. And so that's what those two small units are. Are The, the least expensive is $50,000. And, and you're absolutely correct. It doesn't have a lot of production potential, but it doesn't need to because it's being built as a research unit. So okay. I wouldn't expect any of your clientele to even consider buying that unit. Now, the our model uh, FC 12.5 is a really nice unit that you can move from several harvest rights into that unit and you can run it 24-7, 365, and it has good production capabilities. And what's but the cost of that one as it stands today in 2023? Yeah, so um, I don't have everything memorized, so I'm going to pull it. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. I so, just know, you know, five years from now, somebody's yeah. going to look it up, and I don't yeah. want them to to uh, say, like, well, you said this then, but in 2023, <laughs> yeah, what could someone purchase that yeah. for? So today? we're at 85500 plus crating, custom crating, and shipping normally ocean from our factory in England. Okay. And we have a factory, like I say, that builds to my specs this unit i helped design from the ground up it's it's very very new to us and we design we designed this machine for one customer but it's going to be a great machine for a lot of other customers uh, but we designed it for one customer in detroit and this is this is the size he wanted and we made it happen or okay. 85 five okay it has it has uh, tremendous capabilities um, it uh, has uh, the uh, hollow shelves that are welded in place, high velocity silicone flowing through them. Um, this particular unit uh, does not have a computer screen on the side of it, but it has some pretty sophisticated uh, controls with four temperature probes that go directly into the product. Okay. So you said re this is for someone who needs to research developing a product. The, um, the twelve the twelve point five is uh, is something that a lot of people are going to purchase. The smaller units that we we refer to as multi dryers are just research units. Okay, but the twelve point five is a, is a terrific unit, and if you have a few harvest rights and you're having issues, um, you're not going to have an issue with the twelve point five. It's just going to sit there and run day after day after day. 
And and that 12.5 was the 85? 85.5, exactly. And then from, from that point, we we actually double in size to our model FC25 from a 12.5 to a 25. And on a 25, um, you can put 55 pounds of product in it um, and uh, freeze dry it in really 16 to 24 hours. We claim 24 to 36. We really don't know what you're going to put in it. And so yeah. we're going to say 24 to 36, but with food, you're going to be 16 to 24 hours. And then we go up in size, you know, and as you're very aware of, from that point, we go up um, using uh, conductive heat energy. We go up in size using radiant heat energy. And we um, we go up to some really big boys. The largest unit that we would typically place does 1,100 pounds in 24 to 36 hours. Wow. Really 16 to 24, 1,100 pounds of food. Now, that's our FCR 500. Right now at the factory, we're building three FCR 1,500s, which will do 3,300 pounds of food every 16 to 24 hours. Wow. So if you want to scale up from your 250 harvest rides, <laughs> I mean, really and truly, it, it, it's uh, it's a whole different ball game. But this is um, the three that we're building right now are for very large companies that manufacture dog food. And I would probably say, you know, for those of you who, you know, heard a 85.5 type of price, 85,500, and you're looking at it, for those of for those of everyone who's watching who has 12, 15, maybe even 20 harvest right freeze dryers, that does seem exactly. like a lot, but think about how much time you're spending coordinating the 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 production of those freeze dryers, maintenance of all those pumps, changing oils, making sure the error messages are fixed, making sure you're changing out all the trays, all of that. It's kind of like me, I, I hand stamp my bags right now that I product, I do my product, right? It, I haven't reached the threshold yet to have them printed for me um, because I can just, I know I can do it really quickly. And the, just the, the, the money that I would save hasn't quite equated to the time I would, I would save. I think that is different when it comes to, I know personally with three freeze dryers, um, how much time I'm spending washing trays uh, the error messages, all of those different things, and uh, it could save a, a lot of people a lot of money. I think it's maybe the one or two percent of freeze dryers right now, freeze dry businesses. But man, take a look at NutriFreeze if you are not, um, if you are kind of in this placement, because it it will at least take your interest of seeing where the payback would come and breaking even. And uh, Rich, I've even known when I looked at your uh, Botanique. Uh, freeze dryers back when I was first researching in 2019, 2020, is you actually do have a calculator to show the, the profitability and the kind of the break evens of those things. So um, I think your company would really help understand when that profitability would come or that break even after purchasing one of your dryers. Um, well, hey, we, with the, we, go ahead. we just did a show. Uh, sorry. We just did a show um, back in Oklahoma and it was a cannabis show. Um, and uh, we sell an, uh, an FC 12.5 into the cannabis industry also. And uh, we had a gentleman come by our booth. He has 16 harvest rights. 
and he's uh, doing edibles in the cannabis industry. And I just said to him, how many are actually running at this point in time? He goes, eight. So he has half of them. Wow. Actually and yeah. uh, and as um, as we were packing up to leave, he came by our booth and said, write me up for a 12.5. Yeah. And, and, and I wouldn't say it's a knock on Harvest, right? Because I think you're right when you said a little bit a while ago that there's three types of freeze dryers. I think the home freeze dryer is what... Harvest Right is focusing on, but there's a lot of people that are like me who are getting it and making it into a business. And there's a certain amount of, you know, threshold that you got to decide, you know, what's your, what's your capacity for dealing with troubleshooting machines and maintenance. And look at that, you know, that guy has 50% of his machines stopped right now, like dealing with production issues you know, um, that's just a lot to deal with. And I can see why he wanted you to write up an order. Um, well, you know, well, let's, and, and we're, we're really not out there to, you know, to not competition at all. And uh, Harvest Right obviously has been very successful. So, yeah. you know, thousands, yeah. thousands, tens of thousands, probably of, uh, of small freeze dryers. I agree. Um, yeah. So they've been very successful. Um, I think um, what you said about, the number of machines that they're actually shoving out the door compared to early on uh, probably has some credence. I didn't say it. You said it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just, I just, uh, I, I studied business. I kind of see how it goes. So uh, I'm fine <laughs> with that, but I own freeze. I own harvest, right. And I'm an, affili- I'm, an, I'm an affiliate of harvest, right. So I do promote that people buy that if they're starting out as a freeze dry business, um, you know, it's just kind of probably that one to 2% that are needing to upgrade to something like you that it makes a lot more sense. Um, thank you. I've got a couple more questions, Rich, and then sure. we'll, we'll wrap up this, uh, one. And for those of you watching, I think you're going to really like these next couple of questions, uh, to continue watching this video, but Rich, could you tell us in your experience of this freeze drying industry, you know, is there a proper way to store freeze dried food? Um, and especially if there's any tips you have that you've seen from some of your customers, how do you properly how do you properly store freeze dried product to eventually bag? But also, what's the proper way to store it for a one to two year kind of consumption period? You know, that's where a lot of us are at. Is we do shows or we need to store product for the holidays coming up this later this year. Do you have any insight that you'd like to share with us that could help us? We know a lot about freeze dry, but packaging is really not our uh, wheelhouse. But um, over the years, um, I have seen uh, that um, if you're storing bulk food, um, you can use five-gallon buckets. And um, and I saw that you do that, use five-gallon buckets uh, with the special screw-off lid that has a rubber seal in it. That's um, what I use, yeah. Leave- I believe you're also using oxygen scrubbers. Um, what I would be tempted to do if I were going to store it for very long is um, possibly use the same kind of bucket, maybe a five-gallon bucket with that special lid that screws on with a nice seal. But I probably would actually flood the bucket with nitrogen, with nitrogen gas, and then go ahead and put and screw the lid on really tight. Hmm. That way, you know that you can store really for a long period of time, and you really and truly don't need to even worry about oxygen scrubbers at that point. 
Now, what happens if I unscrew the lid and, you know, need to package it, but I want to, I only package half of what's in the bucket. What do I, can I just refill it and you do could. the nitrogen again? You, or would you it, what, could. Or you would could. it ruin the product? No, you certainly could do that. I saw that being done in um, uh, LDS community, um, uh, the large food banks that the uh, Mormon community has, the LDS community. Um, they definitely use um, nitrogen to top off the five-gallon buckets. And normally they're just uh, hammering a lid on to the five-gallon bucket uh, for storage or three-gallon or whatever size bucket. Yeah, I personally, uh, that's a good point. I, I think the storage, I think I've nailed down, it's terms of the the bags individually, you know, a lot of what's being purchased is ones that have windows because visually marketing wise, you can see the product and Absolutely. things like that. And, and it sells well, but the the shelf life of that is very low in, uh, especially in very dry, humid climates is uh, it just, there's a lot of, especially humid, um, you know, there's just a lot of uh, chances that oxygen can get in through the window and the the type of thickness of the bag. And so I've kind of found a, a sweet spot for my shelf life of my craft Mylar bags. Uh, well, they're not Mylar, they're just craft bags. But uh, basically, I think that's a kind of a thing that I think everyone's trying to figure out is what's the best way to for short term storage of the packaging versus storing the bulk product. But I think I've got it right that uh, according to what your experience is. So, yeah. And if you, and if you want to buy, if, you know, some of those lids, I've got some links in this video description. If you want to buy some of the buckets with the gamma seal lids that have that rubber seal. Um, Hey, is there rich, could you give us also, is there any mistakes that you've seen from some people who have even bought your freeze dryers or you've met at different conferences? Like what's a common pitfall that people maybe should try to avoid or that you've seen that we could kind of learn from your experience on. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be related to, you know, specifically freeze drying cannabis or freeze drying flowers, things like that. But just to, for the business of freeze drying, what, what's one thing that we could learn from your experience over the years is um, can I run this business out of my garage? <laughs> and I'm sure you've heard that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Run this business out of my garage. Well, the thing is, a freeze dryer really is a piece of laboratory equipment, really and truly. Even the harvest rights, commercial freeze dryers, um, our industrial freeze dryers, they're laboratory piece of equipment. Even the biggest machines that we have, laboratory equipment. So, um, so when people are just entering the industry and they say, can I run this out of my garage? I think you need to ask, is your garage insulated, sheetrocked? Do you have, is it climate controlled? Uh, is it heated and air conditioned? And if it's in some areas, like let's say across the deep Southeast, uh, do you have a dehumidifier? And uh, because you really need to put that freeze dryer in a climate controlled facility. And yes. so that'd be like the first thing I would say is find, you know, find out, where's this machine going to be? Is it going to be in the kitchen? Is it going to be in a garage? Yeah. Um, yeah. Where's it going to be? Um, the other thing uh, that just fails in uh, the free straight industry, um, if it's not taken care of properly is the vacuum pump. And so um, 
sometimes um, we uh, in the florist industry and a lot of the older machines that are out there in the florist industry, we just uh, hear from people and it's like, yeah, we hate vacuum pumps <laughs> uh, because they've been out there for a really long time. Even really high quality vacuum pumps like from Welsh or Edwards or Liebold or Pfeiffer, really high quality vacuum pumps need to be taken care of. I tell people, you take care of that vacuum pump like it was your baby. Check it every single day. Check the clarity of the oil. Um, if the oil is milky, it needs to be changed. If the oil's rusty, it needs to be changed. Probably need to flush that pump if the oil looks the least bit um, rusty, for instance. Um, but that that's one of the one of the you know fail points is people just not taking care of a vacuum pump. Oh, that's great. Vacuum, pump, yeah. vacuum pumps in your industry, I think, have mist filters on them. I don't think most people vent the vacuum pump to the exterior of the building. Um, and so you have mist filters. Well, mist filters are there, are there, of course, for a reason, to catch any oil mist that comes off of the pump. And, and mist filters are going to need to be drained on a regular basis. And if you start smelling oil, then the filter that's inside of the mist filter element needs to be changed. But, you know, those are a couple of things that I see is where are you going to put this and how are you going to take care of it? Yep. And the harvest, right, for a lot of us, we have a premium pump, which has that mister on it. And um, now they they say that the, you, you can you can go about 20 to 30 cycles running that uh, without having to change the oil. I do believe that in the, if you're doing candy, if you're not, if you're doing something more longer cycle, like fruit and things like that, that's taking longer than 24 hours, you probably need to shorten that about half, change it out every maybe five to 10 cycles. But yeah, I can also see why having larger and larger freeze dryers and a smaller amount of them can really benefit. So you're not having to do all these changes, right? Exactly. But, uh, but great, great advice. Yeah. I think that's a, uh, that's really helpful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, and I think just my, my, always, my last question that I've been asking in this series to talking with freeze drying businesses is, is, you know, where do you see the freeze drying industry headed? You're obviously very entrepreneurial and innovative. You've had three different types of freeze drying kind of sectors, but uh, you know, have you in your all your experience is this industry like craze and this trend of a lot of people getting into it? Is this exciting? And what you know, what are you looking forward to? And what do you think is going to happen to the freeze drying industry uh, in the United States specifically? Well, in freeze dried candy, for instance, there's a lot of people in it um, like yourself that have one or more machines and normally small machines um, and doing a really nice job, nice packaging. Everything's really, really terrific. Um, recently, um, the company um, uh, in Europe that builds for me uh, sold an FC50 and an FC100 for candy. So this is a, this is a lot of candy. This is a tremendous amount of candy. Um, so they sold you. So they sold an eleven hundred pound one for they, and a three thousand. They sold uh, the largest one was FC one hundred, and an FC one hundred um, will process a minimum of two hundred and twenty pounds of candy per run, and that's going to be um, twice a day. They're going. Wow. They're going to 
yeah, they're going to run it twice a day. So they're going to do 440 pounds minimum of candy per day with that unit. So here's what I see happening. I see these large companies like Frito-Lay or Mars or some of these other companies that are watching all this happen, coming to us and saying, we want to buy some of your really big industrial equipment. And they're going to flood the market and you're going to walk into every supermarket and every um, little mini market in the United States and their product is going to be there. Yep. And and they're going to try their best to put you out of business. Well, uh, yeah, that's it's definitely not the hope that everyone uh, wants to (laughs) or the words that nobody wants to hear. Uh, But, you know, I think it's on the tip of everybody who's smart enough to understand that. Yeah that these large companies, you know, people like me who are buying Skittles, who are buying some of these brand name uh, uh, candies, it's great business for them because they're selling a ton of product, but they're wondering why. And, mm-hmm. and that, but that was several years ago. They, they now know why people are, they're seeing this increase in sales and, and they are going to do that. And I think nobody would, People would be stupid to to not know that, yeah. and they are they are going to do that, and that's why this interview, this type of channel exists because I want to provide opportunities for people to think beyond just the candy. Candy is fun. I think people will still be able to sell to your small local boutique shops that want to sell local freeze dried candy or someone who makes the candy who's local. I think you're always going to have that. But for someone who wants to get into a wholesale distributor who is local or maybe is regional and you have that contract right now, you are probably going to get squeezed out eventually. And so you need to pivot and think about what's the long-term play here within the probably the next two to three years. And I think it's going to come from finding your specific niche, finding your target audience, Getting into cannabis, getting into some some larger fruit making, getting into building a recipe that's unique using freeze dried types of products. Um, I think everyone needs to think about that, and so I think that's great that you bring it to the attention. It may not be the the words that everyone wants to hear, but uh, don't go crazy buying a bunch of freeze dryers if you don't have a good business strategy. Um, to also now you're going to have a lot of equipment and you're dependent on freeze drying Skittles. You know, Mars is Mars Wrigley is coming and they're going to flood the market uh, for that. But there's still plenty of opportunity to sell it at local places and your farmers markets. Don't don't count that, those out. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and the same thing's going to happen in cannabis at some point in time. Yeah. The massive pharmaceutical companies are setting back right now just watching what's happening. And um you know, cigarette companies and these really large global companies are sitting back watching. And um, right now it's still considered um, an illegal product, a schedule one product in the United States, a schedule one drug. Um, when that changes and the, the Fair Banking Act happens, then the big boys are going to step into cannabis. And so... Um, you know, we yeah. see it. In, we see it in other industries. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I and you know what? It's good. It's good for the industry that the big boys are going to be there. But there's always going to be the small niches, the small companies that are going to be different. And you take a look at yes, there's the behemoths like Target and Walmart 
and Costco and things like that. But why do you think, you know, small local shops like we have Boise Co-op here in Boise, Idaho, they have they have two locations and they are similar to Whole Foods, but they're local to the local area and they have a great base of clientele and that they're very unique in that. And I just want that's I think that's what's unique about anything is everyone. That's what's great about America is capitalism is working. It's giving everyone opportunity to build a business that the big dogs are in or going to be in. And you just have to be smart in business and start talking to people, even like myself, who can help you strategize. And 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 even uh, Rich here with Nutrafreeze is, hey, help help you kind of guide you and maybe your long term plan for a freeze drying business. Um, Rich, I want to thank you for attending this uh, this video uh, series. Um, we're at the Freeze Dry Business Channel. We're really here to connect the freeze drying business industry with the tools and the resources needed to grow a sustainable business. A sustainable business is one that really works well with your lifestyle, both uh, in work and in personal life. Just build it to something that maintains just the goals that you want to achieve. Uh, thanks again for coming. Where can people find out more about your company? I know you said Nutrafreeze and the can of freeze behind you, but where can people find out more about you? Sure. Um, on um, You can always find us at Botanique. And, um, and of course, like uh, Canafreeze and Nutrafreeze. Um, on social, you can find us at Canafreeze Dry and Nutrafreeze Dry, Nutra with an I. So you can always find us um, on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Well, thanks a lot. And yeah, and, and if you haven't subscribed already to the Freeze Dry Business channel, go ahead and hit subscribe. In the video description of this video, I'm going to include some links directly to uh, the the websites that Rich outlaid here, as well as some other information. So take a look at that and uh, and reach out to Rich if you're interested. So thanks a lot, Rich, for your time. And uh, we'll close welcome. out. Thank you. Thank you.